Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So it seems pretty straightforward to me. Uh, There are people whose lives depend on medications, pharmaceutical products that are made from blood plasma. If we don't have enough blood plasma to make those products, uh, people are going to die. We are very dependent on plasma products from the United States. In fact, much of the world is dependent on plasma from the United States. The United States has a surplus in blood plasma, and we are very fortunate that that's the case. So we import a lot here. Now, could we be more self-sufficient in plasma? Perhaps. But we run into this, this obvious contradiction that is both a logical contradiction and a very problematic one. Because in the U.S., it is the norm that people who donate plasma receive some, some very minor but receive some compensation. Uh, Canada has allowed that to a certain extent. Um, but, but it's not widespread. Now, this has been a source of controversy because there have been some, some proposed clinics uh, that, that have either set up or proposed to set up that would expand the amount of, of paid donation that, that occurs in Canada. Uh, in response, Alberta and some of the provinces have brought in bans on paid plasma donation. Uh, and there's been a push by some of the federal level uh, to, to have a ban apply right across the country. Now, doesn't it seem strange that we would ban compensation, but then have to rely even more so on the U.S., where compensation is the norm? If it's unethical, if it poses a, a danger to, to the plasma supply or the blood supply, then we shouldn't import any from the United States. And if it's not a problem to get it from the United States, why would it be or should it be a problem here? Uh, there's some research out via the Cato Institute, Cato.org, that finds that there is support for paying plasma donations in Canada. And it looks at how we can balance issues of supply as well as ethical and safety concerns. Uh, joining us to talk more about this is someone who's written extensively about the issue. Uh, Nico Lasatera, Associate Professor of the Department of Management at the University of Toronto, Chief Scientist at the Behavioral Economics in Action at Rotman at the University of Toronto, and a Research Associate with the National Bureau of Economic Research and the Canadian Centre for Health Economics, Professor Lancetero, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Your thoughts on, on where the debate seems to be at in Canada, because we, as I mentioned, we have provinces that have implemented bans. There's, there's been a push for a federal ban. Um, what do you make of all of this? Right, that, that's right. So the major, so the more, most populated provinces uh, have uh, banned uh, compensation and, importantly, the establishment of uh, for-profit plasma centers. I will come to this difference uh, uh, in a moment. And also there are proposals at the federal level about about that. As you were introducing the topic, you, you said, and I thought it was, uh, was very interesting, that 
in the U.S. it is the norm to uh, you know to allow payments so that you know people get paid, and here is where social norms really I think play an important uh, an important role that sometimes sort of transcends uh, you know economic efficiency and supply considerations in some cases. So in Canada for a long time now. Uh, you know, people have not been paid. And uh, this, to some extent, comes from sort of the scar of the uh, tainted blood and plasma scandals in the 80s and early 90s uh, that led to, uh, you know, recommendations to ban uh, to ban compensation because compensation was deemed uh, sort of responsible in a sense for attracting people with transmissible diseases and uh, and so on and so that has become the way uh, I guess Canadians uh, or at least we perceive we think or politicians think Canadians see this kind of activity this should be a, a gratuitous purely volunteer uh, activity and to some extent this also can explain the kind of inconsistency you were pointing to, the fact that on the one hand, uh, in most parts of Canada, uh, payments are prohibited, but uh, we import uh, a lot of plasma from uh, from the U.S., especially for the production of, uh, of medicines, as you were saying, uh, and so we import from donors who are paid, uh, right? So which means that at the end of the day, uh, there isn't an issue of safety, otherwise we wouldn't import um, uh, plasma uh, obtained from uh, from paid donors, and maybe there isn't that kind of moral opposition if you are okay with paying uh, people in other countries, <laughs> uh, essentially. So what we wanted to do in our work, you were mentioning the uh, the article on, on the Cato Institute that comes from an article Mario Machis and I wrote for Law and Contemporary uh, Problems. It's a journal, at, a law journal at the Duke University uh, School of Law. We said, okay, let's go and look at the evidence. Let's ask people. Uh, let's get a representative sample of Canadians and let's ask them what they think about about payment. Is that true? Is that the case that there is a widespread uh, opposition, or in a sense, a social norm? As we were saying again, uh, against uh, against paying. And so that, that's what we did. We, we first uh, wanted to ask uh, people uh, what they thought about this, if they would be in favor of allowing payments. We also asked uh, about their favor. We randomized different sort of subsets of people uh, and asked them either about Canada, uh, legalizing payments in Canada, or about uh, legalizing payments in other countries, for example, Australia, where, like in Canada, uh, payments are prohibited, uh, and the U.S., where instead they are, uh, they are allowed. The idea was to try and understand whether the opposition is against payments in general or payments to Canadians, <laughs> essentially. And what we found is that actually the, the vast majority of people are in favor of payments in Canada just as well as in Australia or in the U.S. About two, uh, three quarters, sorry, of our respondents, seven, between 72 and 78 uh, and 78 percent. And so then we wanted also to uh, investigate some of the reasons why people are in favor or against. And uh, among the main reasons uh, that for those who are against uh, payments, so the about 25%, uh, the two main reasons are issues of morality. There is a sense for these people that it's unethical to pay. And also there is concern about safety. And this is interesting because, again, uh, we use, uh, we import plasma from, uh, from the U.S. 
there have been, uh, you know, many studies and there has been no evidence over the past 20, 25 years of any contamination. Even Canadian agencies reassure uh, that plasma coming from the U.S. is just as safe. And so this safety concern is really not founded in the evidence, in the science, in the history of the last, like, 25, 25 years. And yet, that's what people first think about. And that's where I think that the memory from uh, the 80s uh, still sort of looms yeah. large in some sense. But that's also where policy should intervene and sort of, if you want, de-bias or sort of correct this uh, incorrect information that, uh, that people, uh, people uh, have. Among those, on the other hand, who are in favor, the reasons that really uh, sort of uh, comes out as the most important is uh, we need to guarantee sufficient supply. So there is a very sort of practical uh, reasons, and so considerations about supply uh, matter a lot for people. So if there was evidence, in other words, that uh, compensation would increase supply, then so be it, because we need more plasma. And so, as it turns out, and that's the third part of our study, we actually went back uh, a third question that we asked those against payments, those who said they were against payments, and we said, so now suppose that there was a shortage of plasma, right? Right. And um, how would you feel about compensating donors in this circumstance as a way to increase supply? And about half of them actually said, well, yes, in this case, I would be in favor, right? So even those who are against, at least part of them, consider supply issues, so guaranteeing, you know, self-sufficiency uh, as, an important, uh, as an important reason for allowing, for allowing compensation. It's interesting. So the, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, uh, that's what we found. And I guess the two implications here are, you know, we are academics, so we're not uh, politicians. Uh, and right. in a sense, we are lucky because we don't have to make these kind of choices. On the other hand, you know, our role is to uh, provide evidence, okay? Policy, that's our main sort of implication. It has to be uh, evidence-based. So on the one hand, the evidence we are offering is that apparently this you know, social norm is not really there, at least for the majority of the population. Of course, we also need to consider minority positions, and politicians, as always, have, you know, the right and the duty in some cases to go against uh, sort of the majority if they feel that's right. But at least we need to know what the majority thinks, okay? Well, right, yeah. And the second implication, I think, is uh, that people respond to consideration about supply, you know, about availability of plasma, and so allowing at least, at the, if you want, at the local level to conduct pilot tests, pilot experiments to see whether compensation uh, increases actually supply would provide useful information uh, to Canadians, to the public opinion. And mind you, I mean, I'm not necessarily an advocate. I mean, we are not advocates, right? So we, our study is not to advocate for compensation, but trying and see if it works, just like trying whether something else works. Because, as you were saying, I'm a, a chief scientist in this uh, Behavioral Economics Institute, so we are experts in different types of uh, uh, nudges, as we call them, to try to lead people to, to have certain behaviors. So there are many other things that can be tried. And this is something that I think should be, uh, should be pursued further to try and see what works to increase, uh, uh, to increase supply. As a major sort of industrialized country, 
to conclude, what we should care about is not only, in my opinion, internal uh, demand, so is domestic self-sufficiency, but, you know, there is much more need for plasma, for example, in less developed countries. And, you know, richer countries, maybe they also have a responsibility to produce enough plasma also for other countries yeah. uh, who have, you know, you know, poorer infrastructure and, you know, health, uh, the health system works not as well as the Canadian one and so on. So trying different things, see what works and inform the public opinion about what works actually uh, is important for people to, uh, to form that belief. Well, Nico, stand by. We'll take a break here. We'll come back. Uh, I want to talk a bit more about this and, and you know, how we decide policy on these matters. There are objective ways of measuring this and much more subjective ways. Uh, so we'll explore some of that. Nico Lasatera is with us uh, from the University of Toronto. Uh, you can read his uh, work on this uh, again at Cato.org. We're back with more right after this. Talking about paid plasma donation. Is it something that Canada should allow? Is it something that we should ban? There are differing views on this. Uh, joining us, uh, we're speaking with uh, Nico Lasatera with the University of Toronto, who's done some research on this. You know, Nico, we, we have, as I mentioned, we have uh, objective ways of measuring this mm-hmm. in terms of studying the impact on blood donation, in terms of measuring how self-sufficient we are, et cetera. We can measure those things. The, the point about whether this is ethical or not, that's much more subjective. You could say it's unethical to pay people. You could also argue that it's unethical to, to have a shortage. It's unethical to, to put people in danger if we don't have these, these products. How, how do we measure whether this is ethical or not? Uh, you, you're absolutely right that when it, when it comes to, uh, to ethical consideration, things become, I would say, inevitably uh, blurrier because we all are sort of faced every day with conflicting ethical sort of judgments and choices that, <laughs> that we have to make. And if you scale it up to the policy level, things are even more, uh, more complicated. On the one hand, I think there is a way, at least to some extent, to provide, uh, to provide some measurement. Uh, so... Essentially, you go, you go and ask people. You design uh, surveys in such ways to sort of try and engage what, uh, what people think. We have been doing it in a more detailed way on a, on a related topic, on, on a sample from, uh, on, from the U.S. about understanding the reasons for opposing or being in favor of paying for organ donations, for kidney donations. In particular, trying to figure out what particular principle or value, societal value, people think is violated uh, or not. So you could really go into the specific and try to figure out what specific principles people are concerned about. It could be an issue, for example, of uh, undue influence, right? We want economic transactions to be between willing and informed individuals, right? There is a sense in which when you pay for certain activities, some people, especially the, the ones that are you know, poorer or less educated, might rush into doing an activity uh, without really considering the risks, uh, right? There is also an issue of um, fairness, right? So if now you have uh, a payment, uh, for example, maybe the payment is too little. So again, you are exploiting, uh, exploiting people. Or maybe if the patient has to pay, say, then it's unfair, according to some, to pay for certain services uh, because not everybody has equal access. Some people may be concerned with the, you know, the dignity of the human body, in some sense, the fact that you know putting a price on the body or parts of the bodies or fluids and so on is you know it violates very deep uh, very deep principles. So there are many different reasons. The reason why it's important to understand which one really matters 
if there is one or more than one, is because for some of them, actually policy design can help, right? Whereas for other ones, uh, we can't do much at the policy level, so we have to accept if the population has some concerns. Let me give you an example. In our study on uh, understanding reasons for and against the kidney donations, what really seems to matter for people is not just that we might pay someone to give a kidney, right? but that the patient might have to pay, right? So what mm-hmm. people are against is not the payment per se, but the payment from the recipient. If it were a third party paying, the government, an agency, and so on, then the concern is much lower, right? So this is something you can address, right? And this applies to some extent to the case of plasma we were talking about earlier. So, for example, there is sometimes some confusion between compensating donors and having private for-profit clinics, right? The two things sometimes get confused. Also on a moral level, right? There is a sense in which an activity like, you know, uh, collect procuring and collecting uh, plasma should be in the public domain, right? Should be a public good. But nothing prevents a public agency to collect plasma by paying the donors, right? right? Even in the public sphere. So maybe the concern at the moral level is not necessarily about compensation, but is about having the private sector uh, doing this, right? Now, in our study, we haven't looked at that. We didn't have a large enough sample to go into such uh, detail. But this is definitely something, this is definitely a set of studies that we ourselves or others, we hope too, would be interested in, in understanding why there seem to be, if there is any opposition. Right? Yeah. So this is something you can address um, from an institutional point of view, because if the problem, again, is we don't want private companies to do this, we feel that it's immoral, okay, let's have it in the public domain, right? Yeah. That, that's not a problem. If instead the aversion is something deeper, right, then perhaps we should accept that you know, Canadians don't want payment. But you know, in our survey, we find that this is not the case. Payments, per se, don't seem to find, you know, bigger version in, in, in Canada, or at least in our sample. And so maybe it's something more, uh, you know, uh, more nuanced that we need to figure out. But we, we can, well, you know, the, the bottom line is that we can, can, you know, start and measure these things, knowing, of course, that we can't have perfect measures, that, you know, measurement doesn't solve all the problems, that at the end of the day, politicians will have to make choices. So, yeah. Well, again, people can read uh, the research for themselves. It's up at cato.org, C-A-T-L. Nico, thanks so much for joining us here. Really appreciate the insight. Oh, thank you. Take care. Uh, Nicola Lassatera, this is uh, Associate Professor at the University of Toronto. And uh, his thoughts, again, you can find uh, at cato.org. Not just his thoughts and his colleague, but obviously uh, how Canadians feel about this and some of the survey work that's been done. 72.6% of Canadians are in favor of compensating plasma donors. So there's not societal opposition to this. And again, on the more objective measurements, Health Canada has studied this extensively. There is not a health risk. There is not a risk to the blood supply system in allowing this. So how should we make that determination? Because we're stuck in this dilemma between not allowing this and relying on the U.S. where it's the norm or kind of overcoming these objections and, and saying, let's be more reliant on Canadians and, and finding ways of regulating this, but allowing it, but doing it our way. 974-8255. We're back with more right after this. 
Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.